morning and welcome again to Antioch Community Church Brighton's virtual service. My name is John Lux and I have the privilege of serving here as the associate pastor. I want to say thank you to everybody who worked hard to bring our service together this morning. Thank you to those of you who helped to set up and get ready at uh, McKinney Park. And thanks to all of you who worked hard uh, to make sure our Zoom service was running great today. Now, we're right in the midst of a series going through chapter 8, 9, and 10 in the book of Luke. Now, the theme of our series is going deep with Jesus and turning our backs on a shallow Christianity. And these are the chapters where Jesus is sending his disciples out on mission and investing in them, teaching them what it looks like to really go deep as disciples with him. Because let's face it. We are just not going to make it if we don't have depth in Jesus. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. We will not make it on the Christian journey if we don't have depth in following Jesus. All right. Um, now, in week one of this series, you heard from Mark Buckner, our senior pastor, and he taught on uh, the parable of the four soils, which sort of starts this, uh, passage, this section between Luke chapter 9 and Luke chapter 10. And there are four soils, right? The soil, uh, where the, the soil where the, the seed is choked out, the soil where, uh, the birds come and eat the seed, uh, and the soil where there's too many rocks and there's no root, and the soil, the seed sprouts just a little bit and gets scorched. And there's only one soil where the roots go deep. And it's that soil that produces a crop that grows up tall and strong. And so when we talk about depth, uh, that's the imagery that we're working with. And so I'm going to stick with that today uh, and do a little bit of a, a spiritual botany lesson. How does that sound? All right. And so uh, we're going to have two slides here. The first one uh, that we're going to look, look at is something called hydroponic lettuce. Um, uh, if you eat organic lettuce, it's probably grown in this way, hydroponic lettuce, right? So you can see it here in the photograph. It, it's perfect. It is perfectly green. It's perfectly crispy. Human beings created it. It's, it was bred for hundreds of years to be exactly like this. Um, now, it grows up in an environment that is not a whole lot like a farm field, actually. It has a tiny bit of root, a tiny bit of dirt near the roots, but actually its roots mostly dangle in a perfectly prepared nutrient solution that washes the roots uh, constantly. And uh, instead of sunlight, it has perfectly controlled electric lights, in a, and it grows in a room that's free from bacteria, uh, where uh, everything, including the pH and every temperature variable, perfectly controlled for the growing of this lettuce. All right, now here's the second plant that we're talking about today. This is the Welwichia plant, which grows in the Namib Desert in Namibia. Now, you might not know a whole lot about the Namib Desert, but it is one of the driest places on the planet, okay? God created this plant, and it is extremely durable. This plant is a champion. All right, it is, it is able to withstand 140-degree Fahrenheit temperatures. Um, it is able to uh, live for up to a 1,000 years, a 1,000 years. Okay, uh, this plant can go uh, for extremely long distances without any water. It's able to survive freezing temperatures at night. And what's the key? 
What did God give this plant to make it able to do that? The key to all of it is that the well which is plants roots go down very, very deep. As far as 24 feet into the soil. That's, a, that's like a two-story building. It's extremely far down. But the product of being deep is that this plant is able to survive and grow and bear fruit, even when the circumstances are hard, when they're challenging. Um, and that's the kind of people that we want to be. Because today, we're exploring the way that Jesus teaches that going deep in Jesus means laying down everything in the process of walking with him. And laying down everything produces the depth in us as we walk with Jesus. Really letting him be the preeminent thing, the number one thing. Because if, if you're content with like a hydroponic lettuce Christianity, okay, that'll work for you as long as Nutrient Solution is continually bathing the roots of your spiritual life. But that same lettuce that's grown that way, in July, it doesn't even make it home from the grocery store without wilting. We want to have a spiritual life that is deep and able to make it to the end of the journey with Jesus. Now, let's take a look at our, our text for today. It comes from Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. I'll be reading today from the New Living Translation. All right, here's what it says. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, now they're walking all throughout Galilee, and the people following him are already trying to be with him, all right? Someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in, and birds have nests to live in. But the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. He said to another person, come, follow me. The man agreed. But he said, oh, first, let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. And another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. But first, let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for service in the kingdom of God. Wow. Wow. All right, so I'm going to try and address these three people uh, in three separate sections. What is it that Jesus says to each of them? So the first one, right? Um, the guy's like, I'll, I'll follow you wherever you go. I'm going to go. That sounds like a worship song. Uh, but Jesus responds to this guy in an interesting way. He says, hey, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And Jesus isn't just trying to sound hardcore. I mean, Jesus lived on the road. I mean, just like Abraham and Moses, he was a, a nomadic pilgrim teacher who moved around for three years of continual ministry. And we live in Boston, right? You might feel like a nomadic preacher of the gospel. You might feel like every year, every year, I'm moving again and again, new roommates, new job, and the churn of this constant transition in your life of relationships and geography. It's getting you down. And it's a place of focus, isn't it? Who am I going to live with? What is my job going to be? Who are my relationships going to be? And we're craving for something consistent in our life. But Jesus says to this young man, Hey, 
I don't even have a place to lay my head. I can't promise you consistency in your life. The consistency of who or what what or where. Um, the only consistency would be that you'll be with me all the time, just like you promised. Because he said, wherever you go. Because depth with Jesus means laying down everything. It means laying down the right to have consistency in where we are, who we're with, and what we're doing. That's something that we let go of when we pursue depth in Jesus Christ. All right, listen to this next guy. This is where it starts to get really intense. Now this guy says, hey, just let me go and bury my father. And Jesus says, let the dead bury their own dead. All right, now that sounds kind of cool, but what exactly does Jesus even mean when he says, let the dead bury their own dead? All right, so the, the young man says, let me first go and bury my father. Now, it's possible that his father had literally just died, um, but Bible scholars often break this down a little bit more into a metaphor that they say was commonly used at that time, that this expression, let me go and bury my father, meant let me remain a part of my family until my, my parents have passed away and I've inherited. So the two things, number one, that, that he's fulfilled his obligation to his parents, and number two, that he's now himself the sort of head of the household. He's not under anyone else's responsibility. And Jesus says, hey, let the dead bury their own dead. Now, dead people don't bury dead people. Living people bury dead people. Uh, and so when Jesus says that phrase, he's meaning spiritual death. That, that those who are spiritually dead can take care of those who are spiritually dead. And I think what he's saying here is that your responsibilities towards your family and towards the other big things in your life ultimately have to take a back seat to following Jesus. And I, and I run into a conflict here, right, internally, as I'm looking at this, this thing that Jesus said. Because honoring your parents is, is in the Ten Commandments. It's like a thing in the Bible, okay? Um, but when I flip the story around the other way, and I put myself imagining that I'm the parents of this young man, right? So I imagine my own kids, right? They're, they're with Jesus, and Jesus says, hey, I'm choosing you. I want you to come and follow me. Would I want them to say, no, 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 I've got responsibilities at home. Ah, no, 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 I've, I've got these things I need to do. I'm, I'm supposed to grow up and have a career. No, I would want my children to say, yes, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I'm going to follow you, Jesus, with all of my heart, regardless of every other thing in my life. Because the fact of the matter is, all over the world, people make decisions every day to follow Jesus at the cost of their family relationships, being rejected by family and friends and community. Overseas, that's the norm. It certainly was in North Africa. But even here in the United States, there are tons of people at Antioch Brighton who made choices to follow Jesus wholeheartedly that resulted in being rejected by parents and friends and siblings. Going deep in Jesus means laying down everything. And that no relationship, no responsibility is going to take preeminence and be stacked ahead of our pursuit of Jesus. And that when he comes by and says, come follow me, we're able to say, I'm with you. There's no one else. All right, now look at this last one here. 
says, another man said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. There's another worship song. But first, let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then turns back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Wow. I mean, I read that and it stings me somewhere. Not fit for the kingdom of God, Jesus. Come on. Isn't that kind of mean? What's going on? And, and as I dig into it, I was reminded of something that my track coach used to say in, um, in high school. And he would say um, that when the person you're racing against, your opponent, who's ahead of you, when they look back, you know that that person will not win the race. It's time to go take the lead. And why, why does that mean that? Because when your opponent has taken his attention away from the finish line, away from the goal, and given his attention to his opponents, he's done for. Because you win races by focusing on the destination. And we go deep in Jesus by focusing on Jesus. And when our attention comes off of Jesus, onto someone or something else, then just like that athlete, we're not going to win the race. And check this out. Jesus didn't pick plowing at random as a metaphor. Plowing is a part of a process, right? It's the first step in a critical chain of actions. And so why is someone unfit for service if they take their hand off the plow, if they look backwards, right? Let me explain it this way. First, there's plowing, right? So if there's no plowing, then there's no planting. And if there's no planting, then there's no harvest. And if there's no harvest, there's no food. And so we destroy the entire process if the plowing process is half-hearted. If we just sort of plow a little bit, then we will starve to death. That's how ancient agriculture worked. It's called subsistence farming. So if we take our hands off the plow, we create a chain of failures through the entire agricultural process. And at the end of the day, there's no fruit. There's no food. There's no harvest. And let me explain it with a little bit of a more modern metaphor. I don't know that this is what Jesus would have used, but this is what I'm going to use. Okay? You know what I have no patience for in life? Texting while driving. I pull up to the stoplight, person next to me. And I'm like, ah, don't do that. (laughs) Now, this is not a public service announcement. We're digging for a biblical truth here. All right. Obviously, driving requires attention. You need to focus on the road. In fact, looking in the direction you're going would be a great start to being a safe driver, right? But what really bothers me about this is that the people who are texting while driving are also texting poorly, not just driving poorly. I send gibberish to people all the time in my text messages, and I send them sitting down at my desk. Human beings cannot do two complex things well at the same time. Do you hear me, Antioch? Human beings don't do two things at the same time with any level of skill. We put our hands to the plow, but our attention is on something else. And we're not really plowing at all. 
when I think about my own journey, right, growing up with Jesus, like starting to follow him and, and, and working towards depth in my life. Yeah, like I decided to follow Jesus in my life. But that decision was actually not that hard because Jesus is so attractive, so awesome. When I consider him, he's, I mean, like, I, of course I want to follow him. I mean, it, it would, it, I, there was a moment of decision to follow Jesus in my life, but that wasn't the hard thing. The hard thing was realizing that my whole life was half-hearted. Because when we talk about having both hands on the plow, you have to be wholehearted. Half-heartedness is when our attention is divided between the plow and something or someone else. And the real story of my life is how God delivered me from a selfish half-heartedness in my Christianity. Because I'll be straight up with you. The most miserable thing of all wasn't not knowing Jesus. I think in eternity, that would have been a big drag. But like the worst, miserable, most miserable thing of all was being half following Jesus and half not following Jesus. Because when I was following Jesus, I didn't really enjoy it that much because it was only about halfway in the boat. And the, and the rest of the time when I was not following Jesus, I couldn't enjoy that either because my conscience had been awakened by the Holy Spirit and now I couldn't enjoy the things I wouldn't be willing to do with Jesus. Going deep with Jesus means laying down everything to walk with him. Plowing requires total concentration. The plowman focuses on keeping the plow exactly in the right place in the soil all the time. His attention is 100% on it, let alone trying to motivate the oxen to pull it through the field 50 times back and forth. We're going deep in Jesus as a church. And that process means that no other thing can take the first place to occupy our attention, to occupy our priorities. And I just want to say a couple things here to balance this intense teaching of Jesus with the character of Jesus more broadly in the New Testament. Because these are the words of Jesus, but I want to take them out of the context of the person of Jesus. Jesus loves people. He loves you. He loves me. And he doesn't just love people. He really loves people. And the crazy thing about Jesus' love and the love of God is that it doesn't actually get more when we do better. So the love of God is such that it is already in its maximum amount. God loves you in a maximum way right now. And if you started to get really serious about your life with Jesus, Jesus would not actually love you anymore. He's an unchanging, eternal God whose character is always the same. And therefore, he loves you 100% right now. So the love that Jesus had for you is no way dependent on how well you follow this passage in the New Testament. But I will say, that how deep we go in Jesus has everything to do with rooting out half-heartedness, giving ourselves fully to Jesus, and walking with him in the way that he invited these three people to do. All right, 
So I'm going to invite the band here to come up. If we're outside, that's what I do. <laughs> but we're going to enter into a space that is a response with Jesus. And I'm going to give you three ways to respond here. So we're all equally loved by a gracious God. But today we're laying down everything to go deep with Jesus. And sometimes it helps us if we're able to literally pray a prayer of laying those things down and giving them to Jesus. Why do we use the phrase laying things down? It means we're carrying our responsibilities. We're carrying our priorities and we take them off of us and we set them down and we put those things in submission to Jesus and say, Lord, my family, my career, my home, my finances, I take these things and submit them to you. I want you to be in charge of these things and in charge of me. Come and have first place in my life. That's the way we're responding to this message today. Now I'm going to give you three concrete prompts here. The first one, just spend a minute here in the presence of God. I want you to literally take stock of your life. Get out a piece of paper, make a list. What competes for your attention? What feels like too big to let Jesus be in charge of in your life? Is it your family? Is it your career? Is it your pursuit? Is it your need for community? What are those things? Write them down. And the second thing here, I just want to say, take a minute here. When you've got that list, go through it one by one. And give each of those things to Jesus in prayer. Jesus, I give you this area of my life. I want you to be in charge of it. It does not come before what you say in my life. And the third thing, I want to open it up a little bit more. Many people deal more with the visual, right? Where your, your creative inner space is, is the way that you interact with God. And so I want to invite you to interact in a specific way. If you're naturally a visual person, I want to invite you to picture yourself holding on to a plow, right? You've got the metal piece down there in the soil. You're holding on to the plow. Just sit here and close your eyes and imagine yourself holding on to the plow. And try to focus on it for as long as you can. And then anytime you get distracted by some thought that is going on in your life, some concern, some priority, I want you to just take that idea and say, oh, this must be a distraction in my life. Lord Jesus, I give you authority over this place in my life. I want to commit 100% to plowing in the kingdom of God. So I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, we want to go deep. We want to go deep in you, God. We turn our backs on shallowness, shallow relationships, shallow devotion, and half-heartedness. We turn our backs on it. God, would you give us undivided love for Jesus? We want you to be enthroned, not just in heaven, but we want you to be enthroned, sitting in authority over every place of our heart and emotions and life and relationships. God, would you allow us to plow in the kingdom of God? And would our plowing lead to sowing? And would our sowing lead to harvest? And would our harvest lead to the glory of God in our life? In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, thank you, Anya. Have a great day.